left-wing partisans file stunning resolution against Illinois family. Illinois is morally, fiscally, and intellectually bankrupt. And you know what some lawmakers in swampy Springfield are doing with their time and taxpayers' money? They've crafted a stunning resolution titled Illinois Family Action Hate Speech, condemning Illinois Family Action and Illinois Family Institute, falsely accusing us of bigotry and engaging in hate speech because in two articles last week, we compared the abortion holocaust to the Nazi holocaust. The 10 progressive sponsors of the resolution falsely accuse IFA of distributing, and I quote, multiple anti-Semitic, homophobic, threatening, and hateful posts on their official social media page, callously belittling the most appalling tragedies of the Holocaust and recklessly comparing those who disagree with their extreme agenda to Nazis, end quote. Chicago attorney Joseph A. Morris, who is also a leader in B'nai B'rith and other Jewish and interfaith organizations, who served from 1995 through 2001 as the president of B'nai B'rith in the Midwest and was founder and first chairman of the B'nai B'rith International Center for Public Policy, said this about the disputed analogy, and I quote him, I'm Jewish, and not only am I not offended by the comparison between the German Nazi Party's National Socialism and the U.S. Democratic Party's Democratic Socialism, but I think the comparison is accurate. Wise, principled, and humane Democrats should welcome having their attention arrested by the facts. End quote. The bill's sponsors filed this resolution just days after a crowd of 4,000 pro-life Illinoisans showed up in Springfield to urge their state senators and representatives to oppose the radical anti-life policies sponsored by these lawmakers and other progressives, an event singled out for criticism in the resolution. Apparently, our anti-constitutionalists in Springfield have forgotten the First Amendment's protection of speech, assembly, and the right to petition our government for redress of grievances, which is, quote, the right to make a complaint to or seek the assistance of one's government without fear of punishment or reprisals, end quote. You know, reprisals like hateful resolutions. The resolution is a crock of unsubstantiated ad hominem attacks glued together with more unsubstantiated ad hominem attacks, innuendo, irrelevant red herrings, non sequiturs, and a risible reference to the ethically impoverished Southern Poverty Law Center, an actual hate group. The central issue is not whether the Nazi Holocaust is an apt analog for America's fetocidal holocaust. The central issue is whether humans in the womb are persons with intrinsic and infinite worth. If they are, the analogy does not belittle the extermination of Jews by Nazis. If humans in the womb are persons with intrinsic and infinite worth, Calling their extermination health care, as the resolution sponsors do, is an appalling horror. Since logic and evidence still matter to some Illinoisans, resolution signatories accepted, let's don our rhetorical hazmat suits and waders and trudge through the murky, fallacy-infested resolution. First, the resolution's false allegation of anti-Semitism. 
The posts to which they refer are presumably one by Terry Paulson titled, Why is Legalized Abortion Called a Holocaust? And one by this writer, me, titled, Leftist Hysteria and Their Language Rules, in which there is not one sentence that is anti-Semitic or that callously belittles the appalling horrors of the Holocaust. None of the sponsors has explained how comparing the egregious horrors of the slaughter of 61 million humans in the womb to the egregious slaughter of 6 million Jews and others in the Nazi Holocaust constitutes a callous belittlement of the Holocaust. Quite the contrary, comparing the fetocidal Holocaust to the Nazi Holocaust does the opposite. It amplifies and illuminates the horrors of both. No one who compares the fetocidal holocaust to the Nazi holocaust would make such a comparison if they did not view the extermination of Jews as an incomprehensible horror. Can the Springfield 10 really not comprehend that? When asked whether he finds the analogy offensive, Orthodox Jew David Blatt said, and I quote, No, how is it any different? It baffles me that my liberal co-religionists endorse abortion on demand, given the legacy of the Shoah, end quote. Will the Gang of Ten in Springfield condemn Mr. Blatt as an anti-Semite? The analogy is not reckless, nor is it new. Those who object to it do so because they have concluded that the product of conception between two humans is not a human created in the image and likeness of God and endowed by his or her creator with certain unalienable rights, chief among them the right not to be exterminated. IFA and IFI reject the ontological and moral assumptions of progressives on incipient human life. We reject the worldview that asserts that women have a moral right to have their offspring killed. We reject the worldview that asserts that mentally or physically imperfect humans are less worthy of life than their mental or physical superiors. Perhaps those who are enraged at IFA and IFI can explain how the pro-feticide philosophy regarding defective humans in the womb differs from the Nazi principle of life unworthy of life. Perhaps the sponsors can explain exactly why the comparison of a society in which the government has granted to mothers the absolute legal right to have any or all of their children exterminated for any or no reason to a society in which the government exterminates citizens because of their race is so evil that making it, that is making the comparison, must not be permitted and anyone who does make it should be condemned by the government. Next, I'll respond to the resolution's false allegations regarding hatred and callous belittling. If there is any callous belittling being done, it's by progressives toward humans in the womb. If there are hateful words being expressed, it's by progressives who shriek hater at anyone who dares to challenge their beliefs and actions with the same conviction, boldness, and tenacity that they demonstrate. Next, I'll address the resolution's false allegation of homophobia. Once again, for the obtuse and or demagogic progressives among us, no matter how many times you charge conservatives with homophobia, criticism of volitional homosexual acts or relationships does not constitute fear or hatred, that is, homophobia, of those who identify as homosexual. 
IFA and IFI hold theologically orthodox views of marriage and homosexual acts and relationships, views that are shared by the Catholic Church, the Orthodox Church, and many Protestant denominations. We have a constitutional right to express those views without being harassed, intimidated, and bullied by Springfield progressives. IFA and IFI even have a right to quote, recite, and post what St. Paul says about homosexuality, and I quote, Or do you not know that wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who have sex with men, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. End quote. Next, I'll address the resolution's false allegation of IFA-IFI threats. Actually, there's really nothing to say other than neither of the posts that inflamed the resolution's sponsors or any other posts written for IFA or IFI include any threats. We unequivocally denounce the use of violence. If the resolution sponsors cannot provide evidence to support that pernicious claim, they owe IFA and IFI an apology. Weather reports say it's still hot in hell, so, you know, don't wait too long. Next, the resolution's false allegation of bigotry. The term bigot refers to a person who is, quote, obstinately or intolerantly devoted to his or her own opinions and prejudices, especially one who regards or treats the members of a group as a racial or ethnic group with hatred and intolerance, end quote. Clearly, there is a distinction between bigotry and moral views. Bigotry cannot simply refer to holding moral views, for if it did, everyone but sociopaths would have to be considered bigots because everyone but sociopaths hold certain behaviors as moral and others as immoral. The word obstinacy in the definition of bigot warrants some discussion. First, obstinate, according to the American Heritage Dictionary, connotes unreasonable rigidity. I would argue that conservative views on, for example, homosexuality, are completely reasonable, and that conversely, liberal views are woefully unreasonable. In order to determine whether a tenaciously held conviction reflects obstinacy, requires an evaluation of the content of the belief and the justifications for that belief. For example, few would characterize the act of tenaciously holding the belief that female genital mutilation is wrong to be a manifestation of obstinacy or bigotry. Moreover, obstinate cannot be severed from the other parts of the definition. Bigotry is the obstinate devotion to uninformed inclinations, especially ones that result in hatred of members of a particular group. The key phrase for distinguishing bigotry from moral conscience is that a bigot's opinions are uninformed and the bigot regards or treats the members of a group with hatred and intolerance. Certainly there are those in society who demonstrate this kind of behavior, but true Christ followers do not treat anyone with hatred. I neither treat people who self-identify as homosexual with hatred or intolerance, nor do I feel any hatred for them. My beliefs about homosexual conduct in no way diminish the love I feel for those who self-identify as homosexual, the respect I have for their admirable qualities, the pleasure I take in their company, or the recognition I have of their infinite worth. I would argue that the views of progressives 
on homosexuality are uninformed, while those of IFA and IFI employees are fully informed. Tolerating, respecting, or loving people does not require affirming all their feelings, beliefs, or actions. Neither does it require withholding criticism of their beliefs or those actions impelled by their feelings and beliefs. Next, we come to the resolution's smelly red herring. Or is it a non sequitur? Anyways, the sponsors of the resolution dangle a big, fat, smelly red herring in front of Illinois lawmakers, apparently assuming they're too foolish to tell the difference between relevant evidence and a big, fat, smelly red herring plumbed from the depths of the swamp where the sponsors live and move and have their being. The sponsors cite, as part of the justification for their resolution, the 2004 murder of an unarmed Capitol Guard by a schizophrenic young man who had stopped taking his meds and was hearing voices and thought members of an underground society in Eastern Europe were controlling him at the time of the murder. They cited this as part of the justification for the resolution falsely accusing IFI and IFA of hate speech and threats. Say what? Let's see if we can make sense of this. 14 years ago, a schizophrenic man who was off his meds murdered an unarmed Capitol Guard, so there should be a formal investigation into IFA's, IFI's non-existent hate speech and threats, and our lobbyists' credentials should be revoked pending the outcome of the investigation. Nope, can't do it, still doesn't make sense. Then there's the resolution's risible reference to the Southern Poverty Law Center. Now we come to the resolution sponsor's appeal to the Southern Poverty Law Center as some sort of arbiter of moral authority. Yes, that SPLC, the infamous hate group tracker slash real hate group, the one embroiled in yet another ethics scandal, the one that makes Boku bucks off progressives by labeling as hate groups any organization that holds theologically orthodox views of sexuality. In contrast to the aforementioned wholly irrelevant capital shooting, the SPLC's fake hate groups list has been the actual cause of a shooting. In 2012, Floyd Corkins showed up at the offices of the Theologically Orthodox Family Research Council intent on killing the staff. He shot and wounded a security guard who was able to stop him. Corkins said he was inspired to commit acts of violence by the SPLC's fake hate groups list. Just wondering, does hurling epithets at IFA and IFI employees, falsely accusing them of issuing threats and of being anti-Semitic, homophobic, hateful, and bigoted, constitute hate speech? Might it result in violence against us? So for the conclusion, it's a routinely issued diktat that one must never compare the Holocaust or Nazism to, well, anything. I respectfully disagree. Not all analogies that include a reference to Nazis, the Holocaust, or Hitler constitute reductio ad Hitlerum fallacies. Some analogies are, as Joseph Morris asserts, accurate. If we're permitted to revisit ideas as settled by science and common sense as women don't have penises or men can't become pregnant, Surely we can revisit the arguable claim that there are no points of correspondence between the slaughter of humans in the womb and the Holocaust. 
And if there are points of correspondence, then surely we can revisit the unwritten law of progressives that no one may point them out. Maybe, just maybe, progressives want to censor the comparison of the feticidal holocaust to the Nazi holocaust because they fear it's true. What if God wants us to see the abortion holocaust as analogous to the Nazi holocaust? What if it's Satan who wants to blind our eyes to the similarities and silence our tongues from identifying them? What if those lawmakers and citizens who react in anger, or tactical faux anger, are doing the bidding of the father of lies? And what if conservatives who buckle when progressives hurl epithets at them are now seeking the approval of man rather than that of God? Joliet Diocese Bishop Daniel Conlon requested that all churches in the diocese play a recorded message from him in which he said in part, and I quote, The state of Illinois is currently facing a crisis far greater than anything economic. It is truly a matter of life and death. Legislation is being considered in the Illinois General Assembly that would permit abortion any time during pregnancy, right up to the moment of natural birth, all nine months. I need your help in convincing our elected officials that this proposed legislation is just plain wrong. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, a courageous critic of Nazism, wrote, quote, Silence in the face of evil is itself evil. God will not hold us guiltless. Not to speak is to speak, end quote. In the eyes of progressives in Springfield, is Bishop Conlon guilty of anti-Semitism and callous belittlement of the appalling tragedies of the Holocaust for his implied comparison of the abortion Holocaust to the Holocaust? Will they add his name to the resolution condemning hate speech? This unsubstantiated, malignant resolution constitutes a reprehensible abuse of power by morally corrupt lawmakers to silence speech. Every decent lawmaker, especially those who value the lives of the unborn and the First Amendment, should vote against it. Please contact your state senator and representative to ask them to reject this dangerous resolution.